How's everybody doing today, church? Come on, how many's excited to be in church? Yeah, Spring Lake Park and Elk River, Maple Grove, Lakeville, watching online, we're so glad that you are in church. If you're thankful for Jesus, say yes. Yeah, we are. We're excited. God is doing incredible things. It's been an amazing summer so far. We just wrapped up a series on the book of Acts uh, just last week, and it was an incredible series. If you missed any of it, you can go on the app, you can go on our website, you can watch those messages, download the notes. It, it just was an incredible series. Pastor Nate shared several messages. Our location pastors preached. God was with us, so we encourage you uh, to, to avail yourself to that. Next weekend, uh, we launch a brand new series. Pastor Nate will be here to kick off that series. Invite somebody you don't want to miss it. And I mentioned it's been a great summer. Can I share something that's a really fun update? Uh, you may or may not know this. If you've lived in Minnesota for any period of time, you probably do that. In Minnesota, July is the number one time to take vacation. How many believe that, right? I mean, whether it's to a lake, to a resort, to a family's cabin. Anybody else agree with me? The best cabin to have is a family friend's, friend's cabin, right? And, uh, or so you just, that's the best time. The second best time is the month of March. I mean, you know why that's the best time, right? That's the second best time. But in church, here at Emmanuel, other Christian churches, sometimes attendance is up and down, up and down in July, and people are traveling and stuff like that. But I just wanted to highlight something because we looked at just last week, uh, did a little research, and just in the month of July, at all of our locations of Emmanuel, just the month of, a, of July, 232 people committed their life to Jesus. Come on, right? That's just in July, yeah. Isn't that amazing? So how cool is that, that that, that happened? And just, we, we know there's no throwaway Sundays, right? God is always here. There's new people coming. And if you are a guest for the first time today, today could be your week to accept Jesus or to recommit your life to Jesus. So we're pumped and fired up, excited that you are here. So today's message is what we call a standalone message. We'll launch a new series next weekend. And the title of this weekend's message is called Perfect Vision. Perfect Vision. Everybody say Perfect Vision. You can follow along on the app, open up the app, you can take notes, it'll be up on the screen. We truly believe that uh, none of us are here by accident, and God's got a word for each and every one of us. So I encourage you to lean in as we talk about perfect vision. Can you turn to the person next to you and just ask them, how's your vision? And you can say none of my business if you want as an answer right to that. Um, you may or may not know this, but uh, just doing a little research, that the U.S., United States adult, adult population, 33 to 35% of us have 20-20 vision, right? Now, those of you that are over 50, you're like, no way. It's much lower than that. I understand. But uh, that's all adults. 30, 33 to 35% have 20-20 vision. I don't know if you're aware of this, that 1% of the U.S. adult population has 2010 vision. I mean, that's just like super unique, really strong. It's just, it's, it's, it's almost perfect, but it's, it's not. Is there anybody at church this weekend, our locations here at Spring Lake Park, is there anybody like me that at some time in the last 20, 30 years, you've had LASIK eye surgery? Can I just see your hands? Yeah, that's a few of us. So I, I had it in 1999. And so a number of years ago, I think I wanted to get it in before Y2K, Y2, Y2K hit and uh, all the lasers got messed up. But anyways, um, 
We did, I, I, had, I saved for it because it wasn't covered by insurance and it was, I had incredible positive effect. But when I had LASIK eye surgery, um, what happened back then was the surgeon uh, had two meetings a week with whoever was gonna get LASIK eye surgery during those days. So, I, and he had an orientation meeting. So I was in a meeting with him about a dozen other people and people are a little on edge when they're getting ready to have surgery. And he went on to explain the surgery. And he said, hey, it's gonna be really quick. It's gonna be fairly painless. We'll put some drops in there to numb your eyes. He said, but I wanna prepare you because when the laser goes over your eye, it's gonna go dark. Well, that's not a good thought right there, right? And he says, it'll only be dark for a little while because we're creating what's called a cornea flap. And we, we cut into the eyeball and then the laser goes back and corrects all the imperfection. The cornea flap goes back down and heals up to 97% in 30 seconds, right? I mean, God made us miraculous, right? But can you understand, there's a few people in the room that were getting a little freaked out, right? And he literally said, I remember like it was yesterday, the surgeon said, hey, but don't worry, everybody, we're gonna give everybody Valium to calm you down. And I, I remember I said, hey, I don't need any Valium. And the lady next to me said, can I have his? True story. <laughs> and so you might be that person, but we'll do a lot to try to get to, to, to perfect vision. Let me show you uh, an image. The first image uh, you'll notice on the screen. How many have seen this before? And uh, we can even have a little fun in church. Go ahead and cover your eye like that. And uh, you don't read it out loud, but you can try to. But that is, uh, that's an eye chart. A lot of us have, have taken uh, eye tests before. Let me show you a second image. How many know it's a little bit more reality right there, right? Can you see that one? It's coming, just wait for it. You see it now? Yeah. How many are thankful just for the top letter, right? That's just like the older you get, you're just thankful. I can read one of those letters. That second image is really um, most of our journey through life. When we think we've got it figured out, how many of you know there's a lot that can get blurry in our lives and we're not really sure what's, what's coming next. I love this passage as we jump into perfect vision. Isaiah 55 and verse six says, seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he is near. And I'm gonna pause, we're gonna read a lot of scripture, but I'm gonna kind of preach expository through some passages, kind of verse by verse this weekend. But how many of you know that God wants us to call on him, right? Just can I remind all of us this weekend, God, re God wants us to call on him. Not because of how good we are. We don't have to earn our access to call on him. We've got to believe in him and know that he is our miracle working God, right? So our God invites us to do that. And then he says this, these are, I've read these before. They're some of my favorite verses in scripture. My thoughts are nothing. Everybody say nothing. They're nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. These are just really clear scripture that talks about the level of understanding, of vision, of discernment, of, of perfection that our God has. So I want us to say this together. I want us to say, God knows perfectly. God knows perfectly. Say, God works perfectly. And say, God sees perfectly. 
thank you. So God knows perfectly, right? God works perfectly. God sees perfectly. We serve a God who is perfect. Amen, church? He's a perfect God. And it's so exciting that he is the one that we commit our lives to. And I just, as we lay a foundation for perfect vision, just know he is that guy. He knows perfectly. He works perfectly. He sees perfectly. And sometimes in scripture, there's, there's parts of verses that I call, uh, I call them the yay God part of verses, right? Where you're just like, man, God, you're amazing. You're incredible. You're awesome. Well, there's also another truth in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. And can I give you the second truth? It's a little bit more challenge or teaching, maybe not quite as yay God, but, but it's still truth. And so I don't, I don't wanna miss this. So another truth in this passage is this. God doesn't owe me an explanation, nor does he need my approval. Not as many yay amens on that one, church, right? God doesn't owe me an explanation, nor does he need my approval. And some of you are like, well, pastor, I don't like that part. Change it. Can't. Sorry. Right? Um, there's a principle called lordship. Lordship means that he is over our lives, right? When we invite Jesus into our heart, we invite him into our heart to be our savior and our, our savior and our Lord, right? It's not just one, it's both and. And so we love the savior part and there's, and there's so many great things about it about that, but there's also a lordship part where the, 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 our God who has perfect vision, he doesn't, he doesn't need my approval or need to explain everything to me. That's okay. So I want us to look at Exodus. And I mentioned we'll read a lot of scripture and I hope you can follow along. We're gonna start in verse 13, uh, chapter 13, then we're gonna jump to chapter 14. And I wanna lay the groundwork really quick. This is before the Israelites get to the Red Sea. It's one of the, one of the most miraculous uh, uh, events that happened in the Old Testament, right? The parting of the Red Sea. This is the part where the Israelites are freed up, Pharaoh and Egypt, and there's 600,000 Israelite men plus women and children that are get to, get to be freed up to leave Egypt and to go to the promised land that God has promised them. So this is the process that's going to get them there. And I want to take what I would call a closer look. Okay, so I'm gonna look clo- I want you to look closer with me. If you're following along in your Bibles, electronic Bibles, on the screen, on the app, kind of just dial in with me on these verses because they're just really, really powerful. So here we go. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness. I'm gonna pause. Have you ever felt like God was leading you in a roundabout way? I mean, we are into building roundabouts right now, aren't we, in, in the U.S.? Have you ever got on a roundabout and like, I am in the wrong lane right now, right? Have you ever played chicken with somebody at a roundabout? It's a blast. Just, just don't do it, okay? But anyways, but sometimes God leads us in a roundabout way. At least it feels that way to us. Through the wilderness, towards, where is he leading them? Towards the Red Sea. Thus the Israelites left Egypt, look at this church, like an army ready for battle. I want you to notice that because I want you to see their temperament, their posture, their confidence, and their strength, okay? So don't, don't miss that. Then we jump forward. The Lord went ahead of them. I love this miracle here. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud, and he provided light in the night with a pillar of fire. 
This allowed them to travel by day or night. Man, that is way better than Apple Maps or Google Maps, isn't it, right? I would so much rather experience this. And the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or the pillar of fire from its place in front of the people. What a confirmation of God's presence. God's presence. Exodus 14. When word reached the king of Israel that the Israelites had fled, Pharaoh and his officials, they changed their minds. So at first they said, you can go. You can go pursue the promised land. Pharaoh was all about it, gave them permission. Sometimes in authorities, authorities that are in our lives will give us permission and sometimes they will change their mind. And you're kind of like, what happened? Why'd they change their mind? It happened right here in the Old Testament. And they changed their minds. They said, what have we done letting all those Israelite slaves, 600,000 of them, get away, they asked. So Pharaoh harnessed his chariot and called up his troops. The Egyptians chased after them with all the forces in Pharaoh's army, all his horses and his chariots, his charioteers and his troops. The Egyptians caught up with the people of Israel as they were camped beside the shore near Phihiroth, across from Baal Zephron. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel, remember they're up against the Red Sea behind them, the people of Israel looked up and did what? They panicked. Everybody say panicked. When they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. It's really natural for us to panic when we feel we're in trouble. The people of Israel faced it even though God had an incredible plan for their lives, there's people at church this weekend that you're even in a season where you're fighting panic. Well, you're in good company because it happened to people, it happened to the children of Israel. They're God's destined people on this journey. So they thought they were going to the promised land and now look at what they, what they think is gonna happen. They cried out to the Lord. And they, then they said to Moses, they turned to Moses, their leader, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? Again, I'll pause. Church, and I'm guilty of this too often. Why is it that when we face a season, a challenge, we jump so quickly to, I'm gonna die. I'm just gonna die. It's just over. I mean, nobody turned to Moses and said, Moses, we're with you. We are with you. God's got a way out for us. It's gonna be incredible, right? They're, no, they, the, the reaction, as you know, is, is very, very different. They're literally like, we could have died back there in Egypt, in Egypt. Why did you bring us out here to do that? What have you done to us, they said. Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. Remember the tone and the tenor I asked you to, Notice just a few verses ago. Now look at it. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a, course, a corpse in the wilderness. If we're not careful when we enter challenging seasons, we will settle for less than God's best. It's better to be a slave in Egypt. That is not God's destiny for them. And sometimes the enemy will speak a word into your mind that is not God's destiny for you and you're in a season of difficulty and you just tell the devil, be quiet because God's got something better. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still. Everybody's saying, say, stand still. Stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. Come on, I'm very thankful for some bold leaders, right? I mean, it's amazing. 
Yeah, then it finishes with 14, verse 14, four, chapter 14, verse 14. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. So I mentioned this earlier, but I want you to notice that the Israelites went from a place of confidence and faith to a place of worry, anxiety, and fear in just a couple days. A couple days earlier, they left Egypt like, we're victorious, we're ready for battle, bring it on, we got it. And then a couple days later, and this has happened to us as well, so we're not judging them harshly, but sometimes we gotta know this is just part of the journey. And a couple days later, they're like, we're gonna die. We see the challenge, it looks so big, it's just incredible, it's massive. How, what's, what's gonna take place? Can I ask a question here at Emmanuel this weekend, all locations, would you respond? Because I know it's gonna be a lot of us. How many, how many, um, how many of us know that everybody faces times of pain and challenge? Can I see your hands if you know that? I mean, it's just true, isn't it? Um, a number of years ago, several years ago, um, Jane and I were in a season of challenge and it was difficult and we were walking a journey and um, it was during the summer months and we had a month off and we were walking this journey and there was just a lot of stuff going on and, and stuff, God, it felt like we were on a roundabout, right? What, well, God, what are you doing? And, all, and it, was just, it was just challenging and, and we felt it so strongly and again, I'm gonna just share this journey with you for a few moments. We felt it so strongly that we, we kind of called it our, our summer from hell. We're like, we just feel like we're in a summer from hell. You may be at church this weekend and you haven't told anybody, but you feel like it. Somebody earlier today said that to me. He says, Pastor Aaron, I feel like that's my story right now. But we use those words that we're in a, we just feel like we're in a summer from hell. And we had some time off, several weeks off, and we were traveling and, and uh, we were, went to see some family in Georgia um, and they had a lake home and we, we went out to the lake home. Just, I think we were there for two nights and, and we went out there and we hadn't been in church. We'd watched online some sermons, but we hadn't been in worship for a while. And so we were in a state in Georgia where uh, they have this, they have a lot of incredible great churches. They're all over the country. And, and we, we, I wanted to, I wanted to hear, we wanted to watch and they have, they're known for amazing worship and great preaching. Come on, somebody like Emmanuel, right? And, uh, and so it just, I, we just, I wanted to hear this preacher. And he's just a great communicator. And so we're at the, we're at their lake home. And, and so Jane and I decided, Hey, we're going to grab my iPad. We're going to go out on the back porch and we're going to watch this service live because we haven't watched a service live. How many know if you've been out of worship for a couple of weeks, you start to miss kind of just that feeling of being in worship. And so we had been out for a few weeks and, and we're in our summer from hell and we just, we're kind of feeling defeated, grabbed the iPad, went out on the, on the back porch. It was kind of private of their lake home. And they had this porch that was on the side and started watching the service live. And the worship was amazing. It was powerful. I mean, tears, it was just, it was so cool. Just the worship was powerful. And, um, and then the pastor got up to receive the offering and he started talking such a way. I thought he's getting ready to introduce a guest speaker. You know, when you've done it for a while, I could get that feeling because I've introduced guest speakers before. And I really wanted to hear this pastor preach. And so I was a little disappointed, a little frustrated, like, oh Lord, who's he gonna introduce and, and stuff? And you're like, pastor shouldn't think that way. We think that way too sometimes, okay? <laughs> sorry, sorry, full transparency. But anyways, and so we're there and, and the guest speaker comes on. I mean, he's incredible. Uh, and I, I used, we used to do youth camps together 20 years earlier. 
And so I knew him and knew of him and, and he's sharing a message. There's over, there's over 5,000 people in the auditorium that he's preaching to. He gets halfway through his message. God is my witness here. Halfway through his message. And he says, he paused. He said, I feel like something, God just put something in my heart. I need to share this. He said, there's somebody watching right now that you feel like you're in the summer, you're summer from hell. And he says, then he paused. He says, matter of fact, you may be watching me on the back porch right now. (laughs) Serious. And he stopped and he said, I'm here to tell you that God's got it, that God loves you, and it's gonna be good. Amen. True. We're like, we looked at each other. Jane and I are like, did that really happen? We're crying. And I mean, like, you can't take pictures crying. How many know when that happens once in a while? It's not gonna post it on Instagram, right? And it's just, this moment happened and you're just like, wow, God, you are at work. Can I give you a truth here? Just because you don't see anything happening doesn't mean God isn't doing anything. Just because you and I don't see anything doesn't mean God isn't doing anything. I mean, hold on to that truth because it is a truth. That is God's heart for us. I love it, I love it, I love it. Philippians chapter four says this, don't worry about anything. Everybody say anything. Don't worry about anything. That's a command that Paul gives the church. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him. Thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Amen, church. So let me give you a couple teaching points. The first one is I'm gonna give you the top five reasons I refuse to worry. These are gonna go really deep. They're gonna be hard to understand, but try to, try to stay up with me if you can. Top five reasons I refuse not to worry. Here's number one, God. Number two, God. Number three, God. Number four, God. Number five, God. Come on, somebody, right? That's it. How many think we could close in prayer right there, right? Don't say, man, I got a little more to do here. But anyways, it's, I mean, truly, it doesn't have to be more complicated than that. I'm not supposed to worry. I'm not, regardless if I'm on the back porch or if I'm on the roundabout or if I'm backed up against the Dead Sea, if I'm facing the wrong diagnosis, if I'm dealing with difficulty in my family, if I have a prodigal child, I don't need to worry because God, because God, because God, because God, because God, God's got it. He's there. He knows where the porch is. He's, he is so, so incredible. I have this in my notes. You may want to write this down. I'm not sure it's on the app or in the notes here. But um, be really careful. I have a caution here. Careful not to diagnose a challenging season as God's punishment when it's likely God's intervention. I'll say it one more time. Just be careful. Just be careful in a challenging season to not diagnose it as God's punishment when it's likely God's intervention. Amen, church? That's good. We can just preach that all day right there. I'm just telling you. But 
I just, that, that, that was the journey was God was showing me. I mean, from that point forward and, and the last several years and God's hand a blessing and, and what, what we get to be a part of here at Emmanuel and, and the ministry God lets us do and all that kind of stuff. We are blessed, church. We are blessed because our God is so trustworthy. And sometimes we're like, oh, what did I do? And what did I do to deserve this? And what did I do? And, and we're saying God's kind of punishing us. If there's sin involved, that's a different deal. But we're not talking about sin. We're talking about that feeling. And God might be like, no, I just got you on a roundabout because I want to get you going in a different direction. And the direction I got for you is the right direction. And you might feel like this is the wrong and the hard, the hard place to leave right now. But the new place I got for you, that's part of my plan. And it's going to be really, really good because you're, it's about lordship. And God, I trust you. So four things to do no matter what. And these four things, I won't cheat like I did in the last one. I'll give you four real things, all right? But they're, they're very simple, and I'll go through them pretty quick here. Four things to do no matter what. If you want a scripture for this, it's the book of Jude, verse 20 and 21, talking about building yourself up in your most holy faith. So here's the first one. Don't stop praying. I know this is so simple, but let me just say it quick. Don't stop praying. I say that because a lot of times when we're in a really difficult, challenging season, we pull back from the presence of God. And sometimes we pull back from our prayer time. Why? Because sometimes we feel like it's not getting answered. And I would just say, don't stop praying. Next thing, don't stop trusting. Don't stop trusting. The same God you trusted when the economy was booming and the stock market was up and inflation was low is the same God that's in control now. Same God. He's got it, church, right? He's got it because we're under his covering. Don't stop praying. Don't stop trusting. Number three, don't stop believing. Believing. Oh, there's nothing more that's gonna build our faith that when we're in seasons that are challenging and we're just like, God, I'm not giving in to just what I see. I'm gonna continue to believe you for what's next. I'm gonna believe you, God, I'm gonna believe you. And the last point is this, don't stop worshiping. Don't stop worshiping. God taught me something, Jane something, us something in our, in our summer from hell a number of years ago. And we've walked through other journeys since then as well. God taught me that, he taught me this. He said, Darren, worship your way through the pain. Worship your way through the pain. And I've caught on to that, something I've learned over the, just the last few years. And there's, there's times, how many know, that you don't know what else to do other than just say, God, I love you. You are amazing. God, I worship you and I praise you. And it just, it's so good. Again, not pulling back, but saying, God, I love you. Don't stop praying. Don't stop trusting. Don't stop believing. Don't stop worshiping. Wow. I wanted to share this. Um, I added this late in my notes, but I'll just share it like this. If there's anyone today at Emmanuel, and I know there are, that you're in a really challenging season, you may be watching at Lakeville or Maple Grove or Elk River. You might be joining us online. You might be right here in the sanctuary at Spring Lake Park, and you're in that season. You feel like you're on the back porch. I feel like that last verse we read, Exodus 14, 14, is God's word for you. So I'm gonna say it as God's word for you. Not in a weird way, but if you would just receive this, I believe it can change your life. God's word for you in Exodus 14 and 14 is the Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Amen? Amen. It's not yours to fix. We don't have the power to fix it. 
the Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. I love that. If we can put up on the screen those two images side by side of the chart, the eye chart. And I want you to just leave it up for a second behind me as we talk about this. Um, that chart that's crystal clear that everything looks bright and we can see it all, um, man, it almost feels like, almost feels like perfect vision. But the, light, the chart that things get really blurry feels like life's a roundabout. We deal with those things all the time and we're on the back porch or we're dealing with difficulty. And let me just, as you look at those two images, can I just share this with us as we focus on this and get ready to close in just a moment? Don't miss this. The goal, our goal is not for you and I to get so good that we have perfect vision. Our vision is gonna be blurred because we are fallen and we live in this world. So let me say it again. Our goal is not that you and I would get to a place where we have perfect vision. Our goal is that we would never let go of the hand of God because God is the only one that has perfect vision. Did you catch that? He's the only one. So don't, don't ever let go of God's hand. John says this, yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, everybody say apart. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So it's not about me trying to become perfect and seeing everything clear and having all the answers and everything figured out. I, I'm wired, I, I wanna have answers, I wanna know things, but sometimes you gotta lay that down and say, I'm gonna never let go of God's hand because he's the only one that always has perfect vision. One more scripture, Ephesians says this, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you, just receive this church, with, with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots, come on, Redwood Faith, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Man, that's God's word. That's God's truth. And so let me just say, as we get ready to pray, God's heart for us is that we would grab onto him and that we wouldn't panic when we're in a season of challenge. We wouldn't back up, but that we'd say, God, when I'm in a season of challenge and pain and difficulty, sure, I'll pray that it ends as soon as possible. Nothing wrong with that, but I'm never gonna let go of your hand because I'm attached. I'm attached and apart from you, God, I can do nothing. And that is so great because my God and our God loves us with an unconditional love. Would you bow your heads with me? Here and at Maple Grove, Elk River, Spring Lake Park, Lakeville, we're gonna do just a quick prayer moment and then I'll close in prayer and we'll go live at all of our locations in just a moment. But all week long, I felt led to do this. So as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I feel like God said, Darren, I want you to pray for those that feel like today, this weekend, they feel like they're on the back porch or they feel like they're having their summer that feels like it's from hell. 
Sounds strong, but you're feeling that. You're in a real season of pain or challenge. And I just feel led to pray because I believe that God's gonna set some people free and God's gonna bring some deliverance and God's gonna bring some encouragement. So here at Spring Lake Park and at all of our locations, if you're here and you just say, I, I need God's victory, I'm in that season and I want God's victory, I want God's deliverance, put your hand up really high at all of our locations. Just put it up really high and then stand up right where you're at. Just stand up. I'm not gonna ask you to move from there, but we're just gonna pray. Go ahead and stand up in Jesus' name. Put your hands out like you're ready to receive God's best. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray for victory and deliverance for everybody that's standing at every location, those watching from home, God. We ask you to bring us through this season. And God, if we're on a roundabout, if we're on the back porch, what we know is God's got it. God's got it and he's got me and he's got us. So God, I pray that anxiety and fear and worry would be gone in Jesus' name. And I pray for faith and encouragement and strength, not because we're good, but because you're good would be poured into our lives. And so God, right now, everyone standing, we let it go. We let it go and we trust that God's got it. And we never forget the five reasons. God, 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 and my God loves me. God, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.